A few years ago, I lived with the brothers in Boise. There's a group, there's a religious order there, the Brothers of Verbum Spei. And they're, and they're sort of an offshoot of the Dominicans, but they're, they're friars and they're contemplative friars. And I lived with them for six months. And at the time, they were living at the cathedral rectory. Now they have what used to be Nazareth Retreat Center, but they used to live at the cathedral rectory, which is a large house for a priest, for a, a rector of the cathedral, but it's not very large for a religious order. The entire religious order was living there. And so it was, it was pretty, pretty crammed. And they, they lived poverty you know, very intentionally. Their, their rooms were small. They didn't have very many things in it. There was one time when I went into the superior's room. His name is Father Dominique. I went into his room to talk to him about something. And there was maybe eight items in his room. You know, there's a bed, there's a mattress on the floor, and there's a little desk, and there were, you know, a handful of other things. And I said, Father Dom, you don't have anything in here. And he said, oh, I have too much, too much. Here, take this. He tried to give me, give me things. You know, his pen or his highlighter that he had in his room. Another time there were some more people that were coming to live with them, some people that were discerning, you know, considering entering, entering this religious order. And he gave the, the rector, the, excuse me, the superior, who is maybe 70 years old, he, he gave up his room because there, there was need. And so he, he was just sleeping in the living room, in the little mattress in the corner of the living room. And just say, yeah, you know, I just, that's, that's what we have to do. It's just very clear that they, they live just this total detachment, you know, this total detachment, totally, totally free, totally poor. And they were preaching at the cathedral regularly. You know, they were, they were assisting at the cathedral, doing ministry at the cathedral. And one time I went out to dinner with a, with a family who were parishioners. And one of them was kind of sharing some complaints. For one thing, these, you know, the priests are French and they have a thick, thick accent. And so they're hard to understand sometimes. And okay, fair enough. But then he also said, you know, he, they're always talking about poverty. They're always preaching about poverty. And, you know, it's like they're, they're just talking to their own order. They're, they're just preaching to their own brothers. And I thought, huh, you think poverty is just for the religious, huh? I didn't, you know, I didn't really, I didn't get into this debate with him over dinner. I tried to, to encourage him. No, he's, he's preaching the gospel. He's preaching to everyone. They're preaching to everyone. Poverty is for everyone. He thought, no, you know, poverty is just for the, for the religious brothers. Those have, that have made a vow of poverty. And that's, a, that's, of course, not true, right? That's, that's very far from the truth. So I, I looked up some stats. You know, the Bible has more than 2,300 verses on money. And it, it covers 15% of Jesus' preaching and 11 out of 39 parables. And it's the, it's the single topic that he talks about the most is money. And, you know, the prosperity gospel, you've heard of that, they, they take that to mean God wants us to be really knowledgeable about money. God wants us to really be wise and know how to, how to handle money and, and therefore how to accumulate wealth. And so if somebody's rich, that means that they're doing God's will and God's blessing them. That's the prosperity gospel. Well, that's obviously not, that's, we know that that's not the actual gospel, right? The actual gospel, gospel of Jesus and so how, how do we summarize the actual gospel of Jesus? I think, Jesus? I think it's something like this, that Jesus talks about money so much because he knows how pernicious money is. 
It's not that it's evil per se, but the love of money is the root of all evil. The root of all evil is the love of money. And so he knows how pernicious it is, how dangerous it is, and how quickly it can lead us to damnation. Not just to misery here on earth because we're so anxious and distressed about having money or not having money, but also because it can lead us to damnation, because it, it can corrupt our soul. And of course, I mean, greed, greed is directly that, right? But all the, others, all the other vices are associated with money and also, and especially pride. And so Jesus knows how pernicious it is, so he wants, us, he wants to free us from our attachment to money. That's the gospel. He wants to free us. Now, I have a long list of quotes here that I won't go through them all just because it's a daily mass. You're already, usually you have Father Wollenkot on Mondays. You're already suffering with me here this morning. Father Wollenkot is on retreat praying for us. But so, I, and I pulled most of these out of the catechism. So I just encourage you to pull out the catechism and, and see what it says about it because, um, because there's some real hard teachings for us. Hard in the sense that they're challenging. But hard also in the sense that they're, they're clear. You know, they're, they're, they're to help us. They're to aid us towards, towards salvation. And so there are several quotes in there from James, from St. John Chrysostom, St. Gregory the Great, Saint, from Isaiah, from Hebrew, from St. Matthew, from Tobit, Sirach, from St. Luke. I mean, it's, you know, virtually every book of the Bible. And I'll just read this. This is from one of my favorites, St. Ignatius of Loyola, that he talks about the third kind of humility. And he says this is a progression for us. We can progress from the first kind to the second kind to the third kind. And I won't go through all of that, but the third, in the third kind he says, in order to imitate and be in reality more like Christ our Lord, I desire and choose poverty with Christ poor rather than riches. Notice he's not talking about spiritual poverty. Sometimes we, we brush it away, right? Oh, it's just spiritual poverty, you know, just to be detached. Okay, that's true. Spiritual poverty is certain. But there's also actual poverty, actual giving up of our money, actually giving our money to others. To choose poverty with Christ poor rather than riches. Insults with Christ loaded with them rather than honors. To be choosing these things. To be accounted as a fool for Christ rather than esteemed as wise and prudent in this world. So Christ lived and was treated before me. Because that's the whole point, right? Is to be conformed to Christ. And Christ was these things. He was poor. He was insulted. And he was esteemed as a fool. So as we progress in the Christian life, we become more conformed to Christ. And we actually grow in our desire to choose these things. To choose these things. And that's just another way of saying the universal call to holiness. We've heard that a lot, and I, I think it, it got misunderstood a lot by, you know, we do things in the church, we do ministries, okay, sometimes, but the universal call to holiness is nothing less than the gospel ideal, ideal of Christian perfection. In whatever state in life, it doesn't mean go be a priest, go be a religious necessarily, but Christian per- perfection in that state in life, and poverty can be a, a strong component of that. I don't know who said this, I think it was Chesterton, that... All the saints, besides, obviously, love of God and love of Mary and these things, they all have two things in common. These are indispensable. One is humility, and the other is a love for poverty and for the poor. 
to actually choose poverty and to actually choose to give money to the poor. So just that one concrete thing we can all do today or this week is go buy a meal, you know, go buy a, even just a fast food drive through and go find a homeless person in the street and give, give that meal to them and really look at them in the eyes and acknowledge them as a person, as a human being, as a beloved son or daughter of God and smile and say, this is for you, this is a gift for you, God loves you. And of course, St. John of Capuchano is a Franciscan. The Franciscans know this perhaps more than, more than everyone else, all the other religious. So we can ask for his intercession too as we grow in our not only desire for spiritual poverty, but perhaps also for actual poverty.